Hello, hello. Welcome to the Overcomers Club, formerly known as the Testimony Show. It's a show where me and my mom, we experience, we just share our experiences, we share our life, and all the things we've been able to overcome through the power of Christ. Um, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow me. We do this we do this talk every, we've been doing this talk literally, guys, every Friday um, at 7 p.m. Central since wisdom. So my mom, basically the format is going to go. My mom, she's going to come and we're going to just talk and share our experiences. Like we get really raw. Um, we always going to give, we're going to give a trigger warning for different things, but we're going to be talking today about um, overcoming anxiety. And I think the world we live in, it makes it such a topic we have to really address because it's very common for us to experience these things. So right now I'm just inviting, sending out, inviting my people to come. There's people waiting to come. And guys, I'm telling you, um, I'm just excited. So it's all about overcoming anxiety. So first things first. I'm going to bring my mom to the stage. And so we're going to be doing this. Thanks so much, Her Majesty, for coming. Um, I think something weird, like there's a thing going on in the app. If it kicks it out, that's what's going to happen. Um, Her Majesty, basically, well, the way our show works, you have to listen. Um, and then we're going to come back and allow for interactions, questions in the end. So my mom's going to come up. I don't really know like what happened. Um, if we have some, we'll let you know. Um, I think, think the app kicked her out, but we're going to do the very best that we can today. So, yeah, we're talking about overcoming anxiety, and it's just something that we have been, <laughs> so many of us struggle with. Anxiety is prevalent. Um, it's just something that we can't get, you know, we can't deny, and it's something that we all really have to overcome because it can ruin your life. I want to welcome to the stage my mom. Hey, mom. Hey, Maya. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think the way we're going to, we can go ahead and just start with, I wanted to know when was the first time you experienced anxiety? Can you think of a time that you really experienced anxiety because I, I'm gonna tell my story, but I wanted you to go first because maybe we'll we might be able to connect some dots, and maybe it's something that you 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 went through, and maybe it was I don't, I'm not sure. Like, when was the? Can you remember a time that you just really? Well, let me see. I can actually say um, I've experienced anxiety uh, probably more times than I want to acknowledge, but um, I thought what I would do is I would first kind of talk about what it feels like or what anxiety is, um, just for clarification. For any of you that joined us last week, um, we talked about childhood depression and overcoming childhood depression. And um, Kamaya shared her story of uh, going through adolescence and being depressed and what that felt like. And so as she and I were preparing for this show tonight, um, we were talking about, well, there's also feelings that you have that are necessarily considered depression, but they are feelings that we very commonly deal with. And so that would be anxiety. Um, so, so when we talk about, just for a recap from last week, when we talk about depression, 
um, you're really talking about as far as uh, psychologically speaking, the research basically says that depression is categorized as this um, feeling of hopelessness. And that's what we talked about last week. Um, yes. she, she went through this really, really bad bout of depression as an adolescent. And it's about being and feeling like there is no hope for the future. You're just hopeless. Mm-hmm. He talked about the colors looking gray. Um, and it, and it, uh, the, the statistics tell us if it's not dealt with, that depression can uh, lead to suicide, which is why it's such an important topic that we talk about. And that's why we um, highlighted that last week. And so now going into anxiety, people may say, well, aren't anxiety and depression the same thing? What's the difference? And so um, anxiety is more or less something that honestly we, we all deal with. It's kind of that um, it's really the mind and the body's reaction to stress. So <laughs> Lord knows all of us deal with stress in our day to day lives. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're going through depression. But anxiety is um, the mind and body's reaction to stressful or what you may consider dangerous or unfamiliar situations. Um, so the question that Kamai presented to me at the beginning on the onset of the show was, okay, mom, when's the first time that you can say that you ex- experience anxiety? Um, I can honestly say that I have been what I would consider someone anxious for a lot of my life. Not something that um, I enjoy, but something that is true. Um, I started probably recognizing a lot of anxiety as a child. I um, was just um, in situations. So I just talked about unfamiliar situations. I was kind of that that kid that um, wasn't really sure on how to adapt to different social environments and so those made me very anxious at times you know when we would uh i would have probably one or two friends and if if that crowd grew larger than that uh, it made me feel uh nervous it made me feel like i was being uh stressed out so to speak because i really did not know how to navigate that space with several people i didn't know um you know really how to handle the conversations and so as far as the first experience that I can say when um, I felt anxiety at the time, I don't know what it was called. I just I was very nervous. Um, so I would say probably um, elementary school, elementary school dealing with uh, just kind of feeling weird and kind of feeling like I'd never quite fit in. So I dealt with a lot of uh, social anxiety. Oh, you know what? I love that you kind of brought that in and like I'm like I'm so glad I asked you this because I guess I never really asked you that like just outright and it just was like wait a minute you have been you have experienced these things and so we know that generationally a lot of things that you experience like I would experience too and I was like wow wait a minute <laughs> I had the exact same thing I, I'm very it was very hard for me to really adapt new environments like because a lot of it had to do of course of how like the type of environment I got raised in but also like you were saying like you just might might have not really had those tools and then something else you touched on mom was like you were talking about the idea of like having social anxiety and then it really hit me I was like oh yeah there are different kinds of anxiety and I'm glad that you pointed out the difference between that and depression because 
even so I can even I'm gonna share like with me my first I like when I first started understanding anxiety because I thought I was I didn't understand that anxiety was totally different than depression honestly and a lot of us just don't don't know those things because we're not taught right we don't really get taught the kind of ABCs of emotional health or mental illness or whatever but I remember when I was in high school I was in 11th grade and I was like in the worst class that I had ever been in my life and it was like pre-calculus with an evil teacher who just she literally didn't teach she just thought you would automatically know (laughs) I remember her yes she just thought you would (laughs) mom knows because you just she thought that you were just gonna automatically know like all the freaking 80 years of her knowledge she wasn't 80 (laughs) but you know what I'm saying yeah but she was like she literally got a reputation for failing students just because she could but she was a local math like prodigy or whatever and she was a woman and so she felt like if you, and if you asked her a question, she made you feel like you were the dumbest person in the world. And I remember even asking her class, okay, I'm here in the, as a student. How am I going to learn if I can't ask you a question? Right, right. And and my mom, for those that don't know, she's an educator. She's a teacher who also taught math. So she knows, <laughs> like, this was so super stressful because I went to a magnet high school um, a magnet high school is for um, it was like a local high school that wasn't private school but they really focused on like gifted education and so I was going to a smart people school right and 11th grade year was like honestly the most important year of your high school education because that was the year that your grades would have to be at a certain point to start applying to go to college and so I was so stressed out because this lady, she literally wasn't teaching. I even talked, went and had like little meetings with my guidance counselor. And she said, don't worry. My son used to go here and he failed. But when he went to, um, but when he went to college and learned <laughs> real calculus, he made straight A's. I'm like, ma'am, I literally can't deal with having, uh, I can't deal with having a freaking F or a D in a course that I should have got taught because the teacher just didn't yeah. want to come to work. And I'm not gonna, that wasn't good enough. I was freaking out. I was like, how am I gonna get past this? Like, how is that gonna happen? Um, at the same time, I was also, so I was 17 and I was preparing to be in the US military. So I was very active, um, had a lot of, like I had a solid workout routine and I had just like signed my enlistment papers because the year, the next year I was going to get ready. So I was really just, um, I was very active in JRTC, but I was already in the military at age 17 because I knew that's what my, what I wanted to do. But I had a whole goal of going to college as well. And so this lady, she just was like, didn't want to come to work. She just did not want to really show up and do her job. And I remember... I was studying and at this point I had already had like a D and a C and the guidance council was like, don't worry, we're just going to curb everybody's grade because she failed everybody. And I was like, why are y'all, why do y'all still have her here? 
but it wasn't i just couldn't deal with the prospect of that because mind y'all i was a straight a student like i excelled in yes. school yes right? you were like, yes. <laughs> like, I, my studies were everything I love to learn and I was very passionate about my my career or you know my education and so this lady like before I knew it one night I remember this so vividly I was just sitting in my room and I had started like and this is when things I realized anxiety was real bad and I hadn't, this is really my first experience with it. I was sitting in my room doing homework, whatever. And I kind of got to the end of my work, but I realized my chest was starting to really hurt. Like it was so tight. And I was like, okay, this is new. I had been working out, doing push ups or whatever. So I brushed it off like, Oh, you know, maybe my chest muscles were just because <laughs> I was doing push-ups. Like, I thought that was just what it was. But as I kept, like, as the minutes kept increasing, my chest started closing. Like, my chest started closing up so bad, I literally couldn't breathe. Like, I was gasping for air. I was really struggling. I was like, um, I can't breathe right now. And this is when my dad was alive. Like, my mom will tell you, like, it was so weird like nobody I don't think we really know what to do but just call 911 and we had like a local um the local fire station like literally right down the street yes they they came out and they um evaluated me and the craziest thing was like they were like they because they didn't know if it was a heart attack or whatever I didn't know what it was but I was freaking out. Like, I was just like, I can't yes. breathe right now. And yes. I'm just yes. sitting here. And by the end of it, they were just like, are you under a lot of stress right now? I was like, yes, I am. Like, <laughs> I am under a lot of stress. So I wasn't going to do anything. And they were like, it was probably a panic attack. Like, they were like, it has almost the exact same symptoms of a heart attack. But it's, it was a panic attack. And I was like, what the heck? What is a panic attack? I, you know, this stuff you don't really learn. Like, I didn't know, but I I think, like, you know, I remember you and Dad was telling me, look, whatever you got going on in school is not worth you stressing that much over. Right, right. Like, you know, y'all were just trying to reassure me it's going to be okay. Da, 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 da. But I didn't know that that would be not my only panic attack in, in life. Like, little did I know I would become someone that had panic attacks very frequently in my adult life. And I never knew how to deal with them, you know? Yes, that's, uh, I, I, man, I, <laughs> I forgot about that until you brought that up. But yes, I do remember having to call 911 and we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on with you. We were scared. We were trying to figure out, okay, you know, what what could this be? I mean, she's 17 years old. It can't be a heart attack, can it? Um, and, and so, yes, what, what we know now, what I know now and what you know now um, is just, thank God we lived, it, lived through that and through other issues so that we can now say we learned, we know more. We know more about what it is and, and how to deal with it because we surely did not know um, Mm-mm. you know, you just and you basically 
you know, you basically say, well, you know, just try not to be stressed out anymore, which is definitely a lot more harder said than done. (laughs) For real. (laughs) So (laughs) stop being stressed, you know, get away from your your stressful situation. But, you know, we know that a lot of times, uh, unfortunately, as it was for you, your stressful situation could be your home. So so in your stressful situation could be where you work. So um, so, you know, not are we always able to just to quote unquote leave this the stressful environment but we can um figure out more ways to cope and so as you were talking about that um i i had this infographic that i that i pulled up because it it pinpointed some those very things you just said about what anxiety feels and look like and it has tight chest is one of those symptoms um worrying about future events um uncontrollable mm-hmm. wary um headaches um and it can be physical you know it can be the trembling um it can be for um i'm over 50 so any of you females out there can probably relate it can be the hot flushes the the, the hot flashes that that you may feel in a stressful situation it seems like that brings on that that flush feeling more so than other situations mm-hmm. um it's a lot of different things you can even feel nauseated um so our 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 thing for talking about this is what do you do so because you know anxiety doesn't necessarily have to turn into a panic attack but just like when you know you had that at 17 and subsequent experiences and i had subsequent experiences we weren't Todd and we didn't know until we started really looking into it and researching and praying and okay what do we do about this that you can actually mediate some of that even in the midst of the actual episode but mm-hmm. if you don't know that mm-hmm. if you don't know that <laughs> then you're just like um okay what's going on what do I do how do I handle this and so um I think one thing we can definitely talk about is okay so like for that situation when you at 17 you start to trace back like you said you you are you were able to connect it to okay i'm in this very stressful situation in this particular class with this particular teacher and you know what are some ways we can mediate that what are some ways we can do you know some type of intervention or meet with the teacher and do whatever we you can to try to regain um, what you can regain, you know, because like you said, it was not a um, acceptable uh, idea that oh, you know, you just get an F and and everything will be fine when you're <laughs> <Exactly>. going to. <laughs> no, that's that's not that's not something mm-hmm. that we're going to just accept. Mm-hmm. And and that's when you know, Mama Bear had to kind of intervene and like, okay, I need to um, talk to someone at the school. <laughs> Because exactly. <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> this is not working, and we need to figure out a different solution. Because um, no, we're not going to just accept that she's going to have to go to this class every day and be humiliated and receive an F behind it. <laughs> right, and and you know, like I and my mom, she definitely is one that's always gone to bat for me with different situations, but like as I grew up, right, I didn't always have her around. You, could, you right. know, you grow up, like, I had to leave and I got right. married at, like, 23. 
And I ended up in a terrible marriage that I'm just now coming out of recently. But I remember even after that incident happened when I was in 11th grade, when I was 17, I would get them like maybe once every couple years, right? So it'll be some other event. And the way I just coped with it was like, I would get, you know, I would you know, like play my music, get out, get my head, stop thinking about the stressful situation and leave it alone. Like really just say, you know, whatever. I had to stop, you know, stop dwelling on it, stop allowing it to just take over right. my mind. But when I was in a situation, so we're about to get real, so. And trigger warning for people when we, like, for especially what I'm about to talk about, like, I we say this because we're talking about anxiety, but this is the Overcomer show. Uh, we really get our, we really get this, uh, we really started this show uh, because we want, we felt like me and my mom have been through so much together and separately that it made no sense to keep all of our life experiences to ourselves that God has allowed us to overcome these things and to be a part of the Overcomers Club is hey we really need to share our stories to share um, our testimonies and things like we've overcome these things and so that's the whole point we're talking about overcoming anxiety and um, in Revelation 12 and 11 it talks about how we're able to overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so we're just sharing these things because this is super important. So trigger warning because we talk we we talk anything from abuse to divorce to domestic violence to whatever, like because we have been through these things. And so trigger warning what I'm about to get into is because um in my in my marriage to my ex husband, um, it was just a lot of what people would call gaslighting. And honestly, that's just witchcraft because people that don't know what gaslighting is, it is a method that someone that abuses people use to change their reality and to basically it can drive them into insanity. And so it'll be it'll show up things like you see them somewhere. Right. And then you address it and they'll say, no, you didn't see that. You heard something they said and then they're like, no, you didn't hear that. Um, and so those are the type of things that would happen. Um, and so over a period of time, it just became like such a thing. Just doing a little glitchy glitch, but my mom's coming back. But yeah, over a course of time, I just was like, okay. I couldn't deal with it. So the first event that happened that I think if I trace it back in my marriage was when I realized that I found my husband had bought something or gotten something from someone and he had been hiding it from me. And I was literally like, okay, one plus one would mean that it's two which means that if you're getting this or doing this then that you know then I'm coming to a proper conclusion well he was always like no that's not what it was no that's not how it is but it's never made sense it never settled and never and you know it just didn't make sense to me but as I started that was really the first 
things went really when things started really turning bad i mean that had already been bad in my marriage but when things started really turning for the worse it was because um of a lot of different issues that were coming up that i that i just wasn't paying attention to so when i was married i focused solely on my husband solely on my marriage I did not focus on me. I did not practice taking care of me. I was only focused on taking care of my husband, taking care of my home, and that was it. So he would say things and do things that would literally infuriate me, literally make me go cry in the corner. And I just had to, because I was being trying to be a good wife and be submissive and all these different things, I just took it, right? And I took it to my heart. And I was not very emotionally aware at the time. This was like over a year ago, guys. But a lot can happen in a year, and I just give God the I just give God the glory because I was not emotionally aware at the time because the environment I lived in it was all about him. He was a narcissist, and so he was doing a lot of things that made me really like start to think different about myself. Like I started to start, I don't know if anybody else has felt this, when you start feeling off kilter, like you, you know, your cheese is starting to slide off the cracker. You starting to yes. feel yes. like really off. Yes. And, yeah, like very strange, not very comfortable. And at the time I had one best friend, one guy friend, and it was like between my husband, right? gaslighting me trying to like warp my reality and then the church I was going to that was basically echoing his behavior doing the exact same thing I was felt like I was losing my mind I was like okay I don't understand but I remember my husband had did something I don't remember what he did and then it was also coinciding with my friend he left like we got into some type of argument and that day um, like my husband did something crazy too. It was just like a really bad day. I felt myself going into a panic attack. And let me tell y'all, before I only had panic attacks every couple years. Well, that started, so let me back up. It started probably, I would have a panic attack, started having panic attacks 2020, um, in August 2020. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having a panic attack. Um, okay. And this was when I really knew that things weren't going to work out because my husband just sat there and looked at me. He wasn't worried about me. Just like, okay, you know, maybe it's just, you know, gas or whatever. And I'm like, no, I literally can't breathe. He just sat there and was like, okay, whatever. So in that environment that I was in, I was literally like gasping for air, couldn't breathe. And then my so-called husband wasn't there. Then what happened was, so I would have, I had one in August. I told people about it and then it was like, oh, you know, they kind of brush it off like, oh, maybe you just had whatever. Then I started having them. I had another one. So August, September, I had one in October. And again, it was something my husband did or whatever. Then it went from, then it happened again. So then it started 
just compounding. So where it was like kind of two months apart, no, it started happening every two weeks. So when October is when things got super bad, like really bad. And I was experiencing panic attacks every two weeks. And, and I was like freaking out. And I just couldn't understand like what it was. So at the time, I didn't know what else to do. Like the church I was going to, they honestly didn't equip me that well at all spiritually, like how to deal with these issues, because you do have to deal with them spiritually ultimately, but I just didn't know what to do. So I was working with a company that actually provided us um, online therapy. It was free for up to like, I think like five to six sessions. And I didn't know that, I, I just knew that it was a free offer. I could like get some type of help. And so I started um, having an online therapist and she was really good. She was a Christian. She understood like my background. And so she started talking to me about, you know, about these things. And so it was really the most prevalent issue. So we had, I had a lot of issues at the time, but my anxiety was so bad. Like I was always, worried and even when I would not think about them right because I'm not really someone I would call a worry worse like I didn't really just I I would like worry about something and put it in a box in my mind and go on about my business but like my therapy sessions as things started happening more frequently I was just trying to get to an answer more frequently and so we're talking about overcoming anxiety one of the best things she taught me was Kamaya, how did this happen like how did this start i'm like i don't know like how did you do it she said okay well this is what you need to do she's like you need to start noticing yourself like notice whenever you start to feel bad so if you feel that's good you know like start Mm -hmm. start and, and that was when I really started having emotions. I started learning to have emotional awareness. And it's honestly a shame we don't really get taught this in school because this is the stuff we all need to know. But I was literally like, okay, emotional awareness, cool, whatever. How do I, <laughs> like, you know, all these little things mm-hmm. you literally can't breathe. She said, no, like you need to start noticing when you feel bad and then when did it start so i said okay and i'm like how do i do that like she said i'm gonna give you some exercises and the exercises was that every day you need to be monitoring how you feel and it was something completely different i never thought to do that because again i was not someone that practiced self-care at the time i didn't do anything you know i just worked like to please my husband and take care of my house like I worked hard like I had like I was just that's all I did and so she's like no like you need to like if something you start feeling bad you gotta notice when and what it was so I started to get a little hip to game and it would just be like one day at a time I was starting to I like at the time it took me a, 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 a little bit to kind of start putting into practice but 
again, I was also getting counseled spiritually by the people in my church, and they were like kind of counteracting. <laughs> they were like counteracting <laughs> all my therapy. Like, for real. They were counteracting all my therapy. So my therapist would do this. And then I would have this happen. Like, they cared. Like, they were really concerned about this. But they were like, you know, what is it? You don't know what it is. You know, I'm like, no, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's triggering me. Like, I couldn't. I know that my husband was doing all this crazy stuff. But I don't know exactly what it was, right? And it took me a while. Like, during the same time, guys, I was having still having panic attacks like every two weeks and then it got really bad so by the end of december it i had a panic attack so bad this is what happened had a panic attack it was just a really bad day so it was and i only had my therapy appointments like maybe once a month like once every couple weeks yeah it was like once every two three weeks so I remember, like, my husband was trying to have a Bible study with me. He didn't live no kind of Bible, but was trying to have a Bible study with me. But I went into, like, having a panic attack. That was one. That was the first one. Then a week later, it was about a week later, I was at work. And we were trying to have... I was at work and I started to feel super bad. Like all these symptoms my mom said, headache, shortness of breath, I'm dizzy, my chest is tight, I don't know where I'm at. And I mean, I had just clocked into work. I used to work really late at night from like 6 to 10 p.m. And my coworker, she's a, she worked in a, she worked at security in a nurse, um, in a hospital. And so, all I knew was, like, I was really, like, things were so bad with us. Like, I really was so focused on my household, trying to make money, trying to take care of everything, that I literally was just going to go to work, and I knew I was having a full-on panic attack. But she was like, I started telling my friend, I was like, I'm I'm really messed up. Like, I really can't, I can't breathe right now. I need help. And she was like, what? You're having a panic I said, yes, it's really bad. So I went, I called her, I told her she, she got me, they sat me down and I got, I went and at the time we only had one vehicle and the one that was driving, I had to take myself to the hospital. Like I was really embarrassed. Like I, I didn't know I was just gonna have a full on panic attack at my job, but I had to go. So I went to the hospital, like I called my mom. They were like, mm-hmm. You need to go to the hospital, but I was like, man, I don't want to go to the hospital. I already know what it is. But they're like, well, how do you fix it? You don't know. I'm like, no, I don't. So I, I had to go. I get to the hospital. I'm sitting there, and my husband doesn't even, like, he's trying to come to work, whatever. I couldn't reach him on the phone. And he was... <laughs> It was crazy. Like, he just basically, when it was all said and done, he wasn't there for me. But I would end up being in a hospital for, like, like eight hours. It was just an absurd amount of time. Like, they were running tests. They were making sure, just like the first time, they were making sure I didn't have a heart attack. Making sure all... And I just remember sitting there. Um, my friend called me. 
he was like, you okay? You know, everything. I was like, man, I'm gonna tell you what, this is gonna be the last time I ever go in a hospital for this. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I cannot allow myself to do this. So the whole time, right, I'm getting therapy, but I, I didn't get a chance to really put in the practice because again, I was listening to people that didn't really know what they were talking about. And my environment was constantly stressing me out. So when I started, finally, it was like, that was my New Year's resolution because it would happen almost every week. I now I was getting a panic. I was like, no, this is like the last, like last couple of weeks of the year. And then the new year came. I was like, no, we're going to keep, we had, we're not doing this anymore. So the first thing that helped me, like, I'm not even kidding y'all. Like, this is a real, this is a true story. Like, this is what happened. I went to God and I listened to, I had, I used to listen to this, I had this app, it's called Soul Time, like S-O-U-L Time, and they would always have me do like a little, little like a little quiz, like, how are you feeling right now, blah, 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 but I kept having this, I did one on anxiety, and it was like this, this visual, like, you imagine you're meditating, like, you close your eyes, and you are sitting there, boxing up whatever is making you feel bad like you're literally putting it in a box and then you imagine giving it to, to Christ like giving it to God and I was just so desperate man I gotta do this like I just gotta put this in God's hand I can't deal with none of this I don't know what the issue is I know that things are going to hell in the handbasket and I was like God I really need you to help me get over this I can't have another anxiety attack I can't freaking deal with like going to the hospital alone being in a hospital alone for hours at a time is extremely scary like my husband couldn't even be at the hospital not that he cared anyway like <laughs> not like he cared but I did not want to experience that again being in a hospital by myself for hours on end not knowing what was wrong with me and I really just I did that exercise of like really boxing up my feelings, putting it in a box, like imagine whatever the issue is and giving it to God. And it literally was a breakthrough. Like I stopped having, like it, it helped me kind of get to a better place to stop having them. Like I started, like things started moving. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't had one in a week. Oh my gosh, I haven't had one in two weeks. And then it was just like amazing. Like, but, as things got bad, like got worse and worse, I had to learn how to become like emotionally aware of myself. Like I had to. Yes, yes. Like mm -hmm. I had to because that was like God giving me enough grace to start really paying attention to what what it was. And so I remember it was like February, and I I was having this. Marriage counseling, marriage counseling again with my church leaders. They just, Lord help them. They didn't know what they were talking about, but they were just. It was just always a conversation between me and them. My husband wasn't really involved, and when I was trying to figure out, like, like I was telling them, like I had, you know, I'm having these issues. Like at the time when I even had my panic attack, I didn't even tell them. 
because I just didn't feel like they were gonna really support me. I just didn't feel that love from them like that. I didn't tell them at all. They, I don't even think to this day, I might have told them one, like one person, but I didn't tell anybody. But I was like, I remember, like we was talking about it, and they were just like, well, Kamaya, what do you think it is? And me and the pastor's wife was just talking, and it was like, you know, it's probably because. You know, you get so mad at your husband and you like, you know, you can't even like, you gotta be submissive. You can't even talk to him. And then we, you have to do all this stuff. And then it kind of clicked with me. I was like, mm, I don't know. So we just started tossing up ideas. But as I was having therapy, like my 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 um, therapist was real good. Cause she was like wanting receipts. She was like, Amaya, what? So what's going on? How do you feel? Like, what is it? Like pay attention. So I started telling, you know, I started, I'm kind of like, there's a show out there, it's like a, like an anime, and it's called Mob Psycho 100, and the show is about this guy, and he literally on the show, as he gets angry, he just goes up like a percentage, and when, he's a, when he hits 100, it's funny that we have 100 people now listening, but. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I know, but when he's looking <laughs> goes off I mean he freaked like the whole like he be destroying whole cities and everything and I was like God, <laughs> like that, I, you know, when I get that when I get to a hundred Kamaya yeah. it's not pretty it is not pretty like it, it, it's been it's not it's an ugly sight it gets real and so I've always just been trying to I would kind of talk to my therapist like I'm at a solid 70 right now <laughs> like I'm at a 30 I'm at a 70 I'm not feeling it and so she would she really was challenging me that's when I started actually taking the exercises seriously and started like paying attention to how, like what it was and so the whole thing was she was like okay come on if you feel good yesterday and then you felt good in the morning. I remember her just saying it. But then at 10 o'clock, you felt bad. What triggered it? What happened at 10 that's o'clock? Good. You felt mm-hmm. bad. I thought, oh, God, that's like true. Because by the end, by the time I had talked to her, I was mad, like about something that really happened yesterday that I never dealt with. Like I just ignored it. And I realized I started to have a breakthrough is that I was ignoring like what was really making me angry but also for me if i didn't if i didn't acknowledge it if i didn't express my anger it would just add on percentage points right it would just add on so here i am i was like oh i have been angry about something that happened to me a week ago and then that's how it'll happen. That's why I never could understand my panic attack. I would be cool. Like, I could be sitting in a glass of lemonade, watching a good movie, and then boom, my panic attack will come. Because what was my body really was act- reacting to was something that happened maybe a week or two ago that I did not address. And I didn't, at the time, my husband, I couldn't even address anything with him at all. Because he wasn't he wouldn't listen like he didn't care like and so I when I reached that conclusion I remember telling the first lady at the church and she was like yeah see that that's the real problem right there you can't even 
address your issues because you're trying to be respectful, you're trying to be a submissive wife, and I think you should do be all those things, but you have to be able to get it out some kind of way. And man, when that breaks, hello, can you? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm back. My my, it, it dropped for a second, but I'm back. Yeah, it's weird. I'm I'm looking at the sleeping cat, but it's just a glitch. So as long as you hear, okay, cool. <laughs> but, but yeah, like it was like a big breakup. I said, oh my gosh, it's because I'm angry and I can't really express my anger. Like I couldn't. That's good. That's good. It took so I couldn't yell at him. I couldn't be disrespectful. Like I couldn't say what I really felt, and so I was just holding all of that in my chest. Like I would, I was holding. Yes. There. Yes. And it would be stuff that happened. So she was just like, "Kamai, you gotta pay attention." And I remember. So the day after she said it, I got angry about something. Like something really irritated me. And that's the thing, guys. A lot of y'all that deal with anxiety. That's really like I'm hoping I'm shedding some light. Maybe you could get some breakthroughs from it because it is like a buildup. Like it, it was yes. like what they call microaggressions. And but you yeah. get enough small things together, they build something big. Like, and that's how my anger is. Like I just be something small, and I wouldn't acknowledge that I get angry. I wouldn't really get angry. I just like okay, whatever. But for me, I think especially how I grew up, I couldn't express none of my emotions. That's exactly what I was uh, thinking about as you were talking, Maya, that a lot of that has to do with that very thing because, uh, you know, you even shared last week that when you did, uh, uh, at least with your father was concerned, so we're looking at a pattern, right? Because when you did mm-hmm. express um, an incident with your father that he laughed. And so... Yep. That, that says to me that from, from that takeaway from for you was, okay, so I'm better off not sharing, um, especially something that hurt me or something that is bothering me because I don't want I don't want my father to laugh at me. And unfortunately it was very much the same for me um, as his wife at the time because um, there would be so many times that I would share things with him, as a, a wife would with her husband, you know, it may have been something negative that happened at work that at the time, because, you know, when the work, work environments were, were professional, right? So there's a lot of things that we quote unquote put up with and keep our mouth quiet, you know, and try to keep it professional and you try to wait to the right time. And so then, you know, when you go home, that should be your safe place. That should be your safe zone to say, hey, I need to talk about what happened today. I want to share what happened at work. I want to share what this person did, which this person said, because you need that that place and need that person um, if you're in a marriage that you can unpack that with. And so I can remember um, so often, you know, like feeling like, okay, I got this release, you know, I have this person understands. And then it may have been, it could have even been a month later that if an, you know, an argument came up and he wanted the upper hand, he would take those very incidences that I share with him in confidence um, and throw them back in my face. It was like, well, yeah, well, that's why so-and-so said so-and-so because they were right. And, you know, and so I, I can remember what that feels like, you know, when you're in a situation and, and, you know, when you look at, again, anxiety, it's that feeling that you don't have control, 
you know, you don't have control of this situation. You don't have control. You know, you tense up and you and you get angry because you feel so out of control. And you're out of control with, okay, this person is doing this to me. And just like you said a moment ago, um, you know, what do I do with these feelings? You know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to go to a hundred. I, I don't want to um, just yell and scream and lose control. But the, but the feelings are really, really real, and that's the difference. Um, and I want to also say before I go into that that I'm so glad you shared about therapy because what you connected so very well, Kamai, is therapy was a tool to help you recognize the need for you to be in touch with you. That's really what it's for, because especially I can speak to, um, you know, I can speak to being a woman that we so often as, as women with the roles that we carry of mothers and daughters and wives and, you know, having businesses and taking care of the children and all different things, so often we put ourselves completely at the bottom of the list and sometimes we're not even on the list so what you were saying before you know everything for you at the beginning of the marriage was about you know making sure he was taken care of making sure the house was taken care of and yes those are things we are called to do as wives but we are also a call to know our self-worth and to stay in tune with ourselves so we can take care of those that we love. And so that was so good that you shared that the therapist, um, you know, started working with you on, you know, how do I feel? What made me feel this way? Uh, and, and we have to give ourselves permission to do that more is to be in touch with, that's what that emotional awareness is about, about, being in touch with what I feel and how I feel and and sometimes when you're in situations where you can't necessarily talk it through although that's effective but if you're in a situation where you can't you may journal you know I, I found um, mm. once I realized that it was not quote-unquote safe for me to talk it through um, with my husband at the time Kamaya's father I started to write I, I had to unpack it somewhere so a journaling became very, very effective for me in terms of, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Um, I need to put it somewhere where I don't have to worry about it coming back to haunt me. And so I wrote, I wrote and I wrote and I did journals and I wrote. And, and the thing that we're sharing is as far as therapy goes and as far as what, you know, secular um, methods go, that's as far as they're going to take you. But the beautiful thing about knowing God is once you have all of those things, just like my shared a moment ago about you put them in that box <laughs> and you give them to God. And that's the beautiful thing about being connected to Christ. That's the beautiful thing about understanding that the therapy is, again, a vehicle. It's a tool to help bring all that suppressed of those things that we don't even understand you know we know when we're like you said about to hit a hundred but we don't necessarily know where, we, where we're at at one because we're not necessarily in tune that much you know we push it down we push it down and we say oh, I'm okay oh I'm okay I'm okay and we're not okay but we're just so used to overriding our feelings and so that's just a beautiful way to look at it holistically, that the therapy is a way for you to, to look at it from a mental aspect, 
you know, physical because you're talking about the chest pains, you're talking about uh, the sweating, you know, those are the symptoms. You're talking about looking at it psychologically. And then best of all is once you put that in that box, you know, once we take that anxiety, once we take those feelings that we have um, and we give them to God, then he is the one that can actually, then the only one that can actually take that away from us. And then we understand, okay, the next time I start to feel this, this is what I need to do. Because if we right. if we try to do it based on emotion, you know, it may or may not go too well, depending on where we're at. Like you said, on any given moment, if we're on a day where it's 99, we hit that 100, you know, it might not be a good day for anybody. So, so and, and like you so well said, by the time you're at, at that 100 and you blow up, then the other person has no clue what you're that upset about because really it's a combination of different things that led to that 100. And so that's why it's so good that we don't let it get that far um, because then most of the time when it gets that far, we, we're almost not really in control. No, and, and Mom, you said it so well. I mean, I wasn't because, like, for instance, I started to realize when, when I would have visits in my mom, I said, wait a minute, this is, after I started really practice emotional awareness on myself, how I felt, I started, I remember a visit we had and it was so peaceful, but I said, oh my goodness, this feels like the first time in like years, I said, I remember saying this literally years since I got married that I felt that I could breathe. And just been able to breathe. Just being able to breathe. Like, but I I realized, and I don't know where exactly this comes from, like a lot of it, but I, I, I know a lot of it just how I grew up. I practiced not breathing a lot. Um, like I would that is how you nervous. I would practice not breathing. Yeah, that's how you grew up. Yeah, because I, yes. I was always about scared like trying not to wake the beast right i practice being <laughs> yeah. silent i practice being invisible so all these coping tactics i learned as a kid they really disturbed me when i grew up because i remember like if i if i did not want to get heard i remember this so vividly i remember practicing holding my breath like because i didn't want him to hear me and I always, and I remember, oh my gosh, I'm just having a memory. Like, my dad used to put us through what I call the hell training. Because he would fabricate the wildest, like, life experiences you can go through. But not to say, don't worry about them, have faith. No, he would try to put you through those experiences. So... I remember there was a time period um, where he had us watching a lot of like horror stuff and like kidnapping stuff and all this freaking demonic crazy stuff because he so-called thought it was helping us know the real world. Okay, cool. But as kids, that's really traumatizing like to be watching and filling your brain up with that, those type of images on a regular basis. And so I remember... I started getting into full nightmare mode 
and it was like, that's why I say, man, y'all can't deny, like, this stuff is just spiritual on a spiritual level, because I would get in a full night nightmare mode where I was seeing a different devil every night, a different thing I had to overcome every night. And I remember, like, sometimes I was hiding in my dreams or even from my dad in real life. And I remember having to hold my breath because, like, you know, when they see the movies and the, like, the characters been running from the night, like, they've been running from, like, the freaking villain trying to chop their head off or something. And they get around the bush and they've been breathing, breathing real hard and they have to hold their breath so they don't get found. That was the type of stuff I started to adapt literally like this wasn't a movie this was how i was starting to actually adapt to my environment and so growing up and i thank god for revelation like right now i never had this like i'm like i'm discovering this right now i never really put that together but that's where it started because if i didn't want to get hurt i needed to be quiet i needed to if i didn't want to get found i needed to hold my breath and so a lot of there'd be a lot of days like if I'm getting stressed out, I would catch myself not breathing. Like, oh my gosh, when's the last time I've taken a full breath, like a full deep breath? And so I believe, like, exercising, um, having, like, I, I don't know how to describe it, like, exercising and doing breathing exercises and, like, meditating, like, on God's word, those things really helped me because I wasn't even breathing like I simply wasn't breathing like yes 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 that when you were talking uh I, I literally thought of this song by Jonathan McReynolds and that's the name of it breathe um and in the song that's what he's talking about about all the rustle and the hustle and the bustle and then he slows it down and says just breathe and 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 again as you said um, that's actually one of the techniques that therapy or um, an intervention will teach you is how to actually breathe, which, you know, so okay, I'm just breathing. But even when you're having a panic attack, they, they would tell you how to take slow, deep breaths. Why? Because it's trying to help you get recentered. It's about you trying to regain some type of focus because yeah. when you're going through that panic attack everything's just running and running and running and I really did not have a full-fledged panic attack although um I went through all of those things that I went through with your with your father I that was more of a that was more depression which is again a, a different type of thing because that was a long term just ongoing feeling of hopelessness and just great that's what that felt like but when I had my actual panic attack was, was after your grandmother died when uh, mom died in, in 2019. Wow. And, and that was the first time I felt that everything that you were talking about was just one of those, um, one of those nights where it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks that my mom was gone, you know? And I, now my relationship with my mom was, we talked every single day. And, and a lot of days we talked two to three times a day. So um, in all essence, she was my, my best friend in so many ways. I mean, she, you know, she was just that 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 person that was my go to. She was very wise. 
She was very patient. Um, she always let me, you know, kind of unpack. So when I, you know, wasn't able to talk with um, then your father during all those difficult years and a lot of things I didn't tell her. But at the same time, when I did want to talk, um, even after he passed, you know, she was always there. So when she died, I just, it felt like I just lost total balance. It felt like yeah. I lost, yeah. I lost, the, yeah, I, I, I was so off balance, um, generally speaking. So on top of that depression of losing my mother, uh, I can remember um, sitting on the bed one one night and and I could and I could feel that very thing you were talking about. I could feel my you know my chest starting to tighten up, and it and it was following, um, you know, a, a just a period of you know I was crying and I was you know missing her and I felt so, like I said, just so out of sorts with everything, and um, that's when I I thought, okay. Which you probably, which you thought um, at 17 again, um, probably about a year ago was, you know, am I having a heart attack? And I remember sitting there talking to myself and I was telling myself, okay, no, you can't have a heart attack. <laughs> you know, we won't have time to have a heart attack. Um, and, and so I sat there and I honestly began to just pray. I just began to pray because um, the, the ideal of, going to the hospital and not to mention that's what she died from was a heart attack so that in itself was was almost like a double trigger and so I was trying to figure out okay what how do I handle this what do I do and um, I, I called and that's why um, I do support uh, you know therapy that is of high quality and that actually helps you work through situations they definitely have their value because i was able to call um a, a number of, for a compassion um it was a compassion hotline and it was given to me um by the the funeral director it was a service that was provided to you know, the, the, all of us from the grieving family um, if we ever need to talk to someone about the grief. And so I called it that night because I was just thinking, okay, I've got to do something. And um, I can remember that individual that I spoke with was just truly a godsend. I mean, I, I, I to this day know that God ordained, destined, however you want to put it, that person to be the person that I talked with um, that particular evening because they just slowly, um, just like you talked about the lady, you know, taking you to the exercises, that's what this person did for me. And they, they just helped me work through the emotions and the feelings of mom no longer being here in the physical sense. And that's where they begin to, you know, okay, you know, she's still here. You know, she's she always be in your heart and, you know, that, that can seem cliche-ish, but it's the way that she did it. And then she started to talk about, you know, how, how to simulate her into my day-to-day -day life. And then literally took me through breathing exercises because that's what I talked about was the anxiety and all the amounts of, you know, anxiety and panic attacks I was having. And and so the, the individual walked me through um, slowly 
taking in that deep breath, you know, and, and walk me through literally, you know, you take it through your lungs, take it in through your, your nose, you hold it about three seconds, you count, and then you release it through your mouth. And you would be surprised on how much that works. Um, right. Because I had heard, you know, I had heard people talk about breathing. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay, whatever. But, but, but when you get in a when you get in a situation where you're at your wit's end, you you will you will actually open yourself up to things that you may not have thought would help, and it did. And and so that's why um, I encourage uh, individuals to to not rule it out um, and say that it cannot help you because uh, you know Maya's already shared out it helped her and it definitely helped me and it was really that one major conversation I mean it was probably about a couple hours but it it was just I now had uh, some strategies I now had something I could do because we understand in all actuality whether you're talking about depression or you're talking about anxiety we know that all of those things at the end of the day um, is about the enemy trying to take our life. You know, he's the one that comes to kill, you know, come to kill, still and destroy. That's that's what it's about. And so what what God has given us through the redemption of his son, Jesus, shedding his blood is the opportunity to now take the word. That's why we have, you know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ himself, and the words of our testimony. Because now we're able to, because we have accepted Christ, and we are understanding of what that shed blood means for us, that means we can now take God's word and we can appropriate it. And we can have something that empowers us. Because, you know, anxiety comes from the from the. I'm out of control. I don't know what to do. I can't change this. I can't make this person stop this. And a lot of it comes from all these outside factors that we do not have any control over. We do not have any control over. But And you will not have any control over what other people say, what other people do. But we do have, thanks be unto God, we do have the opportunity to take our thoughts on a subjection, you know, and, and give them to God. And that's why you were able to take those dots and put them in that box and, and visually, you know, visualize getting them to him because you have Christ living within you. And that's what that means. That's that day to day resource. That's that day to day, you know, that that grace that that we can that we have in our lives that says, OK, all right, I'm at my wit's end. And God is saying, you don't really have to get to that point. <laughs> you don't have to get to your wits in um, because I'm, I'm here all the time. I'm here all the time. And that's what's so beautiful about, about you know, having that relationship. You know, I, I grew up uh, as a PK. And so those of you who know what that is, that's a preacher's kid. And, you know, there's a lot of things said about PKs. <laughs> but um, I can just say that um, a lot of anxiety, you know, I, I talked about experiencing as uh, even as young as elementary school, because uh, it's, it's amazing when I talked about being inv- invisible. That's what I pretty much felt like as well. And it wasn't because uh, I was necessarily in a home that was abusive as far as in the same sense as it was with her father. But it was just that um, it was just very strict. It was just very 
black and white and and everything honestly was either you know you he was either do it right or it was a sin you know it was it was just so you constantly you know everything that was on the sin list like okay you know if you step over here you know it, it was just so many rules and so many do's and don'ts and you constantly uh, at least i did i constantly felt like you know there was a trap door and i was about to fall in the hell at any moment because everything was just so very you know it, it just taught i was full of anxiety so much at the time because you constantly felt like you were going to do something wrong you know and god forbid you did something wrong and so it was you know definitely kind of a hell and, and brimstone type of thing um and and so um i too was okay well maybe if you know i just stay quiet and be kind of invisible then i'll be good you know i'll be good enough to not get you know fussed at or you know, I'll be good enough for God not to punish me because I internalized uh, an angry, mean God is what I internalized Amen. from what, you know, from what I heard growing up. I thought, mean, God is pretty, pretty rough. So, you know, I don't I don't stand a chance. He's pretty rough because that's what it was with. What, what, you know, that's how he was represented to me, honestly, from, you know, and, and I don't know. I know my father didn't necessarily mean to do it that way, but that's just how it came across to me. As a, as, a, as a little girl growing up that, you know, you've got to, you know, do all this stuff. You've got to walk the line and make sure you stay, you know, in the line to do what's right. And and, and so um, that, that caused me great, great deal of anxiety growing up. And so just so, so thankful that we're coming into knowledge and understanding of who God really is um, and that he sent his son to you know to to exemplify that he is love he's not angry with us he's not mad with us he's not trying to punish us um he wants us to be free he wants us to be free when you talked about being able to breathe um that's what god does for us is he helps us be able to breathe man you really went to town mom like for real i mean it took me until all that crazy stuff was happening to me when my life was literally falling in pieces before my eyes that I realized the same lesson. Yeah, that God's not sitting here. He's not just angry at me. Like He's not no. just waiting to destroy me. And it was because of how I grew up. Like I grew up with that um, with that lesson because that was how my dad was. He was ready to jump down my throat, ready to like punish me for things and I just couldn't translate like to realize like no my dad was just really jacked up and I couldn't really like he really had a lot of issues he really just wasn't very he wasn't a healed person he wasn't a no he wasn't he was very much a victim of his childhood and growing up the way he did with his dad like his dad was the same way and so I love that you bring that in because I did have a lot of anxiety like because it's the feeling like your world is literally spinning like you're losing like you're losing your footing like you're feeling dizzy like it's all these things your body um, undergoes that makes you feel like you don't have it all together and the more you ignore it it's kind of like your body really like fighting you and trying to show you like no like look how much are, are you you can't ignore this like we can't breathe like we can't that's we right can't like we can't do this and guys i mean <laughs> if i could just definitely give anybody advice 
because we are getting to the end of this of this portion like overcome anxiety is this it's like really really practice that emotional awareness like practice like paying attention to your like trying go on a journey like really really try to nail your trigger figure out what it is for me when i can't express my anger that pushes me to become anxious and then it pushes me to having panic attacks because i have to be able to express something that and it's not always anger but it might just be something that hurt me and i wasn't able to fully um share that with someone and it, it really just allowed it to sit there because we don't get taught this stuff in school, guys. You know? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't get taught this stuff. So you have to, you really have to tell people and start acknowledging your emotions. Like, emotion, you have an emotion inside. It doesn't matter how crazy your emotions are. Whether right. you have to feel those or not, you have to be honest with yourself. And so you, the more you ignore that part of yourself, it will begin to show out to get your attention. Because emotions, whether we like it or not, they are a they're a signal to us that something is not right. Correct. We don't Correct. want to live on emotions, but God gave us emotions for a reason. They are right. they're signals. They're telling, trying to tell us what is going, what is right in your life, what's wrong, and you again. But you have to just. We're not living just on emotion, but. It is very, uh, you know, it's a very real thing. Like, it's a part. It's a part of who we are because we are part, you know. And that's the whole thing about when we talk about being whole. Like you said, you know, we don't need to ignore any aspect of how God made us. He made us with emotions. You know, He made us as He made us. As, you know, had to have a physical body. He made us to be, you know, as we're spiritual beings, but we're in a physical body and we do house within this physical body emotions. And, you know, we have a mind and and all those different aspects is how God created us. And so you're 100 percent right. We do not need to ignore that aspect of us. Yeah. And, you know, I want to say this, too, as I've been able to start really putting the pieces together, like your emotions, honestly, are like a warning signal it's like emo- it's a, it's like intelligence to let you know what's really going on spiritually. So if you're feeling anxious, you are more likely in an environment or you're under some type of stress. Like if you're feeling these things, there's a spirit behind them. Like these, mm-hmm. these emotions, like, again, we're not living off the emotions. So you might feel afraid, but that doesn't mean that you should just be fearful. You should just Correct. be afraid. Right. No, it just means you have that spirit that is trying that's knocking at your door bothering you because you feel anxious that does not mean that you should just submit to having anxiety like me i never wanted to just say that this is going to be my life so i really started to actively fight against i was like no i'm i refuse to go to the hospital again i refuse to go through any of these things again i mean guys and i'm be real like i actually had an experience this week dealing with somebody so irritating like this person is extremely annoying, extremely bothered, worrisome, but they're somebody that I have to deal with for work. I've had to deal with for work, um, but it and I didn't know how bad like things were until this week. I started noticing I'm having panic attack, like pre-panic attack symptoms, and I said, "Oh my gosh, 
wait a minute. I'm not going to have a form. I'm not going to actually go into the panic attack. I need to start. Wait a minute. How did this happen? What is it? What am I really irritated about? And I was able to trace it back to that this person had just been doing uh, a series of small things that really bothered me and I wasn't able to address. So the same thing like me, I had to go through my journey of really figuring out my triggers, like what set me off, like why am I going from A to B? How am I going from A to Z? How am I going, how am I actually getting to this hundred? You know, it's a lot easier to stop, to stop it, you know, at 50 than it is to try to get it at 95. Yes, like, it is. Yes, really, it is. Like, like yesterday, like when it happened, I said, oh my gosh, like I was at a solid 70, maybe 80, like, but it had been happening. It was so slow that I wasn't paying attention. And I practice way more self-care and emotional awareness, right? Like, so I was able to, to stop it. So don't think that you won't have your triggers, but you have to really be more mindful and pay attention to yourself because you don't want to get in a situation like I was where, oh, here I am, just thrown all the way off. Like, oh, here I am can't even like I can't breathe like and that situation got the worst of you you know like a lot of people that haven't been through the you know they haven't dealt with anxiety they don't deal with the um overwhelming thoughts and they don't deal with the insistent um voices and and all these bad um um outcomes that come to your mind that's not from you it's from the enemy and they don't deal with panic attacks a lot of them just say, oh, you shouldn't allow that to happen to you. It's true we shouldn't, but we're trying to show you, tell you how can you actually not allow that. Because if you be like me, you just it would just you would do everything in your power for it not to happen. Nobody wants to experience those things. But if you don't have the tools or you don't have, have the proper, you know, if you're not equipped to deal with it, you're going to find yourself in that situation more likely than not. That's correct, and that's that's the reality of it. Um, and and then also, you know, we're predisposed more so by the environments that we grew up in. And of course, that's not to say you that determines your life, but it is good to recognize and connect the dots so you can understand it. Because you know, I find that when when you understand something more then you're able to deal with it better. It's like, oh, okay, I, I now have a better understanding of why maybe I feel this in this situation, like you talked about with triggers. And so, no, we are sharing this to say you don't have to allow your emotions to drive you. And we definitely do not want to just be emotionally driven because the period of time when after my mom died and I was just all emotions was, was not a good time um, because it pretty much di dictated how each day would go for me depending on how I felt and I had to take authority with that and I had to start actively doing things and that's what I loved about the uh, therapy that's one session I had but that's what that person told me said you know you can decide how you want to assimilate your mother's memory into your life instead of waiting until you have this big bout of grief and you just fall apart, you know, um, you know, like I could go into a store and something remind me of her and there I was and I was trying to hold it together in the store. And, you know, sometimes those things are just going to happen. 
but they happen way more less than they did at the beginning because I started to understand, no, you don't just sit down and wait for the grief to come and then cause anxiety and you have the attack and then you're trying to figure out how to get off the floor. You start to notice it, as she was saying a moment ago, you start to notice it as soon as you can and then try to mediate it by doing something else. So, for example, if, you know, certain things I did not have to do, I did not do them. And that's what I had to give my, myself permission to do because sometimes we push through some things that we may not have to do at that moment trying to, I don't know, you know, prove a point, but some things I did not have to do at that time. And I had to give myself permission that, okay, if I didn't feel up to, like, for instance, going to this particular store because it was going to remind me too much of her and I was going to get upset, well, why not go to another store? You know, you just start trying to give yourself permission to be good to yourself and then you take it in stages. You know, you take it in stages. So um, I, I learned how to, uh, as the, the therapy session taught me, okay, assimilate her into your day-to-day life and you take control. You know, why don't you pick times that you want to just go somewhere and maybe talk with her instead of waiting until you find something that upsets you and then you're, you know, victim to that. And so that was just empowering. And that's really what this is about, about empowering ourselves to understand that, wait a minute, you know, God has given me some things that I can do that can help me work through these situations as opposed to just feeling like I have no control. I have no say so. I just have to wait and see, you know, how far how far I fall apart. Um, so I'm just so thankful for, for knowing that, okay, um, for me, like I said, it could be writing and everybody kind of, you know, has to find those things that, and it's about being in tune to yourself, you know, it, 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 you know, taking deep breaths, if that is, helps you stay calm. I, I definitely know the calmer that I am, the better I am able to control anxiety in my own life and the more I'm able to uh, actually employ these strategies because once like you said once the motions start driving <laughs> you're you're on a whole roller coaster. So it's a whole roller coaster. You know, it's like, you know, whatever happens just may happen, but that is not where we need to be. And so you you, you learn how to practice, you know, calmness and quietness. So um there are a couple of uh, things that we wanted to share that might uh help some of you in addition to all that we've talked about already. But um, one thing that I use a lot, um, and some of you are probably familiar with it, but lavender oil is is very calming. Um, So aromatherapy is very effective um, for many people. It is for me. Uh, I'm very into how the surroundings that I'm in, how they actually smell. And so I keep lavender oil um, for its calming effect. And when I know I'm going into a situation that I can anticipate will cause me increased anxiety, for example, going to funerals, you know, it's not exactly, you know, the thing that I just love to do, but I sometimes understand that it's good to work through those things. And I want to be able to, you know, show respect to to those who have lost a loved one, just like people show respect when I lost my mother. And so therefore I will, you know, I keep lavender with me. I'll dab it on because I already know, okay, this situation is probably going to potentially cause me increased anxiety. So I'm going to try to 
prepare myself, you know, kind of like in a, you know, pre-anxiety tool, you know, a survival, so to speak, you know, and so I do things like that, you know, I said, keep lavender, um, you know, and like you said, you know, you know, okay, I, I know how to, to handle the breathing if I feel like I'm not, you know, able to take a breath, how to, you know, take a couple of deep breaths and, and regain um, my breathing just so that I can relax. And, and they, they're, they're very simple, but I have found to be very, very effective. Um, calming music. Um, I, um, uh, Maya mentioned soul time. I do like Abide, A-B-I-D-E. They have an app and they have a lot of, uh, which I love, are scriptorial based meditations for sleep. And I, I listen to one of those at least two to three times a week. Because it, it just, it's real calming, um, you know, and it's just someone kind of talking to you. Some are literally like talk downs to help you kind of unwind from the day and, and slowly move into more of a... Yeah, that's so true. I think the app kicked her out, um, but yes, yeah, Abide is a really good one. It's a Christian meditation app. Soul Time is a Christian meditation app as well. Uh, we're getting ready to close, but yeah, Soul Time is really good because it does help you, like, really kind of, it helps you with um, breathing exercises, it helps you relax, it'll give you a scripture to have on your mind. Like, all of the content is scriptorial, like, I love it. And it helps you really kind of get your day to center back. Um, so, what we're going to get ready to do, like, there's a, there's some type of glitch, so, but we'll see if this works. But I want to bring my mom back on, and then I want to give space for anyone that wants to come up and ask a question or share a resource. Um, we are very open because we're at the end of this, um, and then we'll we'll pray out. Um, but I'm gonna give let my mom say one more thing, and then Nash, don't go anywhere. I would love to have you. So give me one moment. Oh, that's new. Completely black. Yeah, it keeps kicking my mom out. I don't know what's going on. So, um, hello? Mom, are you there? Yeah, it's a glitch, guys. So, whenever time you try to bring somebody on the app, like, if you have two people, it's been very glitchy this week. It'll mess up. So, I'm going to go ahead and bring that to the stage. Thanks so much for your patience, brother. Good to have you. Um, so what do you think about the topic? I want to give you about 10 minutes um, to speak. You know, we've been on here for about an hour and a half, but definitely give you some space. Welcome. Hello? Naz, are you there? Hey, is you're not, your audio's not coming through. Yeah, it's a glitch going on, guys. I don't know what's happening, but it's just, it's just been a glitch week on wisdom. Um, it's, you know, you gotta just roll with it. Roll with it. This is part of any new app. But, um, Naz, I can't hear you. You probably have to go leave and come back in. But I wanted to, um, while my mom was talking about that, I really wanted to just get, we're gonna get to the end. Um, Naz, I'm gonna, like, kick you back off and have you come back on. Like something's going on. I can't hear you at all. I can hear. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's happening. So I'm gonna let you go. Um, 
and then we'll give space for anybody else wants to come up. Yeah, it's a glitch, guys. So, but I'm gonna just share a resource. Like, there's a scripture in the word. It's a very good scripture. I love the scripture, and it's in Philippians. Um, one second, guys. I'm trying to see if this is gonna let my mom come back. I don't, I don't know, but I don't. I want to just get the room. Make sure y'all get the resources you need, but. It's in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and it talks about, it says that, be anxious for nothing. See, God already knew, like, people were going to be anxious. So, don't be anxious, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, I know some of you are not physical that, you know, that sounds really deep, but basically what it's saying is that don't, like, don't be anxious at all. Like, that's what the scripture is saying. There's no need to be anxious. Pray to God. Pray and supplication is about coming to God, bring the scripture, and let it be known to him what really is bothering. Use his word. So take the scripture, find out what your situation is, and apply it. And then he said, let your request be made known to him. And then the peace of God, so peace, a lot of people don't know this, is actually a spirit. God gives the spirit peace. And so peace, let the peace of God with the path all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. See, when you keep your mind on positive things, keep your mind on what God is doing for you that is good, um, keep your mind on him, you won't be worried, you won't be anxious. And so that exercise where I was literally giving my, you know, giving my, my issues to God, really put my mind in the in back on perspective and it always helped me and so we really hope that what we're saying has been helpful really, yeah I'm, i don't know what's going on with the guest thing um it's, it's just really messing up at this point and but it's all right thanks so much for everyone that's been listening um i really hope that all of you that you got you got something from this um my mom's back so let's see if it'll let her back on it's, it's like a really weird glitch it just knocks people out of the queue. That's unfortunate. But Hi, I'm back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I took a little iCloud field trip. <laughs> I heard you sharing the scripture, which is great. And I love how you uh, talked about the spirit of peace. And... Um, and I and I have a, another scripture I wanted to share, and I want to do it before, before I get kicked back out, if that's okay. <laughs> so, so um, it's Psalms ninety four seventeen through nineteen, and so we were talking about depression last week, and so this is what that scripture says: Unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death, and that's exactly what depression feels like, and if it's not dealt with. Um, and it can lead to, unfortunately, people who are taking their own lives. And that is the, the depth of actually dying. So instead of that, when I said my foot is slipping. So I, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced your foot slipping literally. <laughs> and that unbalance that it makes you feel. But even in the spiritual sense, even when your life feels like. You know, you're slipping like you just can't get a grip. When your foot is slipping, uh, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. 
Mm. He has infinite love supports us. When we feel like we're, our foot is slipping, we can't get a grip, we can't get on a firm foundation, you feel like you know everything from underneath you is just kind of moving everywhere. Um, his love is what supports us. When anxiety was great within me, so as Maya said, we don't have to be anxious for anything, but if you're already at a place where your anxiety is great, um, you can take this scripture and you can put it into your own situation because um, because of the Lord's unfailing love, when our anxiety was great, it says your consolation brought me joy. And so when you look at consolation, that's that's peace, that's consolation, is comfort, is compassion. And, and that's what Christ is. He is very compassionate. Um, he comforts us. And so he is the comforter. So if you have anxiety that's great within you, um, then we are encouraging you to just do as Kamai said a moment ago and just, you know, put it into that, that, that box and give it to God. Because at the end of the day, the anxiety will more than likely increase because what you can't control today, you won't be able to control tomorrow either. You know, we're not we're not in any more control um, from one day to the next. And, and I think that's what life does to equalize all of us, that there are just things that are out of our control. So many things and more and more and more things are out of our control, but they're not out of God's control. They're not out of his control. So we don't have to be anxious. And if we do get to the point where the anxiety is great, uh, just remember to, to call on the God, just call on the Lord and say, Jesus, please help me. I feel like my, my foot is slipping. Jesus, please help me. And he will comfort you. Um, he will give you that consolation and that peace that passes all understanding. And, and that's that's the joy. And it's, it's the joy, not because everything is going the way you want it or everything is great, but it's the joy that knowing that God has us. That's the joy. That's why we can have joy when things aren't going great. Um, that's why we don't have to be anxious because God is yet in control and, and he is faithful to his word and he's brought us this far. So the same God has brought us this far. And that's why mine are doing what we're doing because we want to encourage you that, you know, if God did all of what he has done for us, he can surely do it for, for anyone else. Yes, yes, yes. He can do it for anyone else and he will, and he will. But if we if we hold on to the depression, if we hold on to the anxiety, you know, uh, one thing, uh, my father used to say, which was always so good, you know, he, he's a gentleman. He's not going to bang the door in and force his way in. And so he's 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 asking us to ask him. So if you you know, if you if you ask, you know, if you seek me, you'll find me. And so he, he's just waiting. So, well, you know, because Maya said, you know, you have to give him the, 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 the cares. You have to cast your cares on him. He's not going to yeah. come in. Yeah. And just say, okay, well, this is too much. I'm going to take him. No, you have to actively. And that's what why it's so empowering. Because he is telling us, you can do this. This is what you do. You give them to me. I'll take care of everything else. Yeah, and, and I wanted to say that, that what you said was so powerful. You don't even understand. Like, you really just said something. The Holy Spirit is really working through you right now. So I was like, whoa. Because, like... We get in our own head to think that the problem is something that we can solve without God. And I mean, yes, we do. That's why we're so anxious. That's not going to work. Like, not going to work. Into like, and I'm telling you, 
you might find some temporary things that that you know that can help you distract from your issues but yes always gonna come back i'm talking about always and so that was really me like i was just fine trying to be distracted i wasn't trying to face my issues i didn't know how to face my issues some of you like y'all know y'all have issues but you don't know how to face them but yeah that's what it is Mm -hmm. yeah like you know you got these issues it's not Mm -hmm. doing you to be like struggling and feeling like broken and confused but you don't really have any other way like you don't really know what else to do and so we're here to like kind like to really kind of be a guiding light to show you like how to get there and that's where it started and it's not coming from like an obscure thing we're not trying to be we're not out here being like super religious it's not about religion it's about relationship like yes it is like for real like yes, I don't, it is. I'll tell y'all something i hate religion it disgusts me it's not something of god god didn't jesus didn't come here for a religion he came here for it to create relationship correct and like with me how i cope with the issues that i cope through is i always have to i have to be able to vent and be able to process them with someone else like I got to be able to get it out I have to be able to feel hurt but there are times like I can't always call my mom like I I normally do but I can't always call her she has a life and she has to do things too and so the one person that's always going to be there to answer your call is Christ amen amen Maya I experience like amen like Christ was always like when I really stopped and sat down and was like is he here? Like, he always would be like, I'm right here. I am right here. And imagine how annoying that is. Like, you have a friend. Like, you're that friend that always helps people. And then they don't even, <laughs> like, they don't recognize that you've been there helping them the whole way. You're like, I've been here. Like, I am here right now. And I imagine that's how Christ is. Like, he's, he's a being just like us. Like, he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, if y'all was just lit some of this stuff go let me help y'all y'all could be so far along but some of you want to be just like erica badu and be the bag lady (laughs) (laughs) real because i was that person like i i just didn't like hiding and running was my coping mechanism and it and all stopped when i couldn't hide and run from me and well you know and and then saying about you know being the, the bag lady I think too um, like you said depending on the environments that, that we're in you, you you start to feel like this is just what I'm supposed to do or this is all it will ever be I just have to carry my bag and suffer and bear through it and deal with it and, and just you know and that's just how life is going to be and that's what makes the, the, the whole redemption story of Christ so wonderful because he came that we have life that's what he came for and have it more abundantly so we don't have to do that we don't have to keep well, carrying around the bag. You know, we don't have to just say, well, I guess this is just what life is going to be. But if we don't know that, you know, we we just, we just like, well, let me pick up my bag. Because I, I know literally, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm now now married, thankfully, to my high school sweetheart. And, and he teased me because I have literally, literally about five or six different bags I carry. It's like, what are you doing all the <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm talking about literal bags. But you know, it's a bag for this and a bag for the groceries and a bag for the stuff for the school and a bag. So no, I need all my bags. And so he said, you need, you need to figure out a way to put all that stuff in one bag because <laughs> it would make it so much easier. And so, but I had become accustomed, and, and you know that's like an analogy. But literally, I mean, in my in my life, I had become accustomed carrying a lot of different baggage, and that is spiritually as well as literally. And, and so, thanks be to God, I now realize, you know, I I don't have to be weighted down like this all the time. I don't have to carry all this stuff every time I go somewhere. <laughs> I can actually just take one bag or maybe sometimes no bag. And and that's really what, what Christ came to do is say, give me those bags. You're carrying all this stuff. That's why we're burning heavy laden because we're carrying all of this junk and stuff that we don't have to carry. We don't have to carry it. Some of y'all, look, God is talking to me right now. Some of y'all are carrying secrets. Some of y'all are carrying experiences that you haven't talked about. Some of y'all have been experiencing things and you still have some dirty laundry and they're making they're coming they're starting to spill over in your life you can't hide it like with me when i started having physical panic attacks it was no denying that i'm actually going through something at this point i had to stop ignoring it because it was literally putting me in the hospital so i couldn't ignore it but some of y'all are literally y'all are doing that and i'm telling you that hey you don't have to feel like you gotta always go talk to someone else. You can talk to God about it. And we're saying Yes indeed. Like, he and it might be and I'm gonna tell you right now, it is very awkward when you first come. When you first like think about how do I pray? How do I really get started with this? How do I really give my issues to God? Like I want you to like really imagine it's like going to the the best parent ever and some of y'all like me i didn't have like a dad like that really could mirror that but i always had in me an idea of what i would be an ideal parent like i always imagined what that would be and turns out i didn't just come up with that imagination from tv you know god had put that in me and that's really who he is and so i would yeah. go crying i just created a space where I would literally cry. Some of y'all need to just go in y'all's closet and just, or go somewhere by yourself and just cry out to God. Like, yes, let yes. have it all. But just like we're saying, pray with him, find the scriptures that go with your situation and start speaking that over your life. If you have anxiety, and I think this is a good place to get ready to close and pray and fight because yeah. anxiety indeed is a spirit and it's not something that like like therapy is gonna help you realize like how to cope with it but we want you to get delivered from it yes yes get healed from it to get rid of it y'all some of you are having and like these thoughts that just overwhelm you you're fearful you you can't barely truly live out here and we're not going to allow like like no like (laughs) Don't, you're not going to just let, sit back and let y'all go through all that like by yourself. So um, we're going to get ready to pray. Um, Mom, did you want to say one last thing? Did you? No, you- no. I, 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 
you we're good i think this is a good time to do exactly that uh i just want to reiterate everything that you just said that um god is just waiting and 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 as we go into prayer it's about prayer it's just really your heart in words so you're just what's on your heart because god already knows anyway and and keeping in mind that he is not angry he's not sitting there with a list of reasons why you cannot get to him he's actually has his arms stretched out to you you know saying come to me because i've been waiting i've been waiting for you to bring me all that stuff so as we go into prayer um, we just encourage you to join in if there's anything on your heart that you've been carrying any anxiety that is keeping you up at night things that you're worried about and just anything at all just join just join in with us Okay. Alright. I'm going to pray. But I'm, I'm thankful for all y'all that have been listening, and we're about to get started. Go ahead and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we know that there are people here that are broken, they have broken hearts and a contrite spirit. And you said in your word, Lord, that you are close to them. So they are but a present moment away from knowing that you're already there with them. And Lord, you said, Father God, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And whatever baggage they're holding, whatever things are stretching them out, whatever things are causing them to have anxiety, we come against the spirit of anxiety in the name of Jesus. We bind it right now. Cast it to the ground, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that your angels will accompany them right now that they feel your presence. You said for your presence will go with them, go with us, and give us rest. So we pray for your presence, Lord, to just encamp around and just hug tight the listeners of this, of this talk right now, especially those that are brokenhearted, that are stressed out, that are continuously worrying, that are, are they don't know where their next meal is gonna go. They don't know where their next meal is gonna come from, where the next deal payment, how they're going to pay their bills. They don't know how they're going to take care of their children. They don't know how they're going to get their business off the ground. They don't know how, like whatever the enemy is coming against them within their minds, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus and break it off. Like devil, you are a spoiled and defeated foe and we shoot down every, every single plan that you have for them in the name of Jesus. Let it be canceled. Lord, we pray, Father God, that your presence just comes and gives them peace, Lord, for your peace surpasses all understanding, that it guards their hearts and their minds, that they can truly have a moment. Some of them may have never experienced you, never actually tasted and seen that indeed you are good, that you are a good father, you're an actual caring parent, that you've been waiting for your daughter or your son to come to you and say, look, I'm here for you, give me those problems. I have control over your life. You don't need to worry when your word says that I clothe the birds and I, I clothe the, the flowers. I take care and feed those birds and, those, and I clothe the flowers and I literally take care of the smallest creature on the earth. So why would I not take care of you? That's in your word, Lord. You said you gave your son. So how much more? which you supply for us according to your riches, Lord. So all these things that we're worried about, jobs, money, careers, promotion, bills, COVID, whatever these things are, 
we pray, Father God, that your peace, that your spirit of peace come upon us and they completely block all of that out. Give us your give us peace, Lord. Give us your rest. Give us your presence so that we can eat. Lord, it is your Sabbath day, and we thank you, Lord, for this time of rest. And we pray, Father God, that people will leave here refreshed, that their minds will be renewed, that they will feel hope again, that whatever broken places are in them, that they can be able to come to you privately and have an intimate relationship and intimate conversation and unload all that baggage to really speak and process their emotions. Some of them are like me. They hold in their anger. They don't know how to breathe. They don't know how to take care of themselves. And so help them ease them into your presence so they can feel those things. They can feel that, oh, I'm finally around with someone that actually gets me. I'm finally with someone that will not judge me. I'm finally with someone who will not backstab me, who will not come to hurt me, but I can fully be myself with. I'm not alone in my journey. I'm not suffering by myself. So let them feel your presence, Lord. We come against every evil spirit, every every evil practitioner right now in the name of Jesus. For you said the curse that a curse cannot come unless it has a cause, Lord. And so, Father God, we bind all of it. We cover every listener with the blood of Jesus. And we pray, Father God, for salvation and healing. We just pray that they feel the love. Pray that they feel peace. They feel joy. And they feel rested to know that you can, that you have already said in your word to be anxious for nothing. But to come and pray, to talk to you, just have a conversation. Just how me and you are talking right now, Lord. Just have a conversation. Doesn't have they don't have to be religious. They don't have to have all these fancy terms. They don't have to do all this extra stuff. They just need to get whatever it is off their chest. Sometimes literally so that they can breathe. Give them breath, Father God. For you said our the breath in our lungs is literally breath that you given from you. Help us to breathe. Help us to relax. Help us to ease into your presence and have that confidence. We love you and thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Maya. 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 Are you echoing? What's up? What's your name on? Okay, I have a quick question before we close out. Yeah. So so Garrison wants to know how do uh how can if he wants to join the talk, where does he go to join it? Um he, I sent him the link. And so okay. all he has to do is click the link and come in and then he'll hit the plus sign where your face is, like where it's like a little circle to hit the plus sign and it'll add him to the queue. Oh, where my face is? Yeah, like it would be a little plus sign on his end. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this there you go. So I'm gonna bring him. <laughs> it might so okay. It's split, so, so it might knock you out, small. Okay, that's fine. We'll see if this works because I don't know. It seems to this has happened the entire time. But okay, well let's try it and see. Oh, with this. So let's let's see. I'm gonna do a swap. Swap. Hello, welcome to the stage, my stepdad, Garrison Peters. Of Community First High School. Hey, Garrison. Hello? Oh, oh okay. Go ahead. 
I want you guys to know um, you're having a great broadcast this evening, and I'm starting to look forward to these every Friday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Look, you getting all wisdom now, huh? <laughs> yeah. But I, I did have I have a question, and I, I want to see if one of you guys can answer. With anxiety, if you do not deal with it. Mm-hmm. What kind of effect do you think it have on, um, like your wife or your husband or your best friend or your sister brother if you don't deal with the anxiety? Because I'm thinking some effect could be pushed onto your loved ones if you don't deal with it. So, what do you guys think about that? Look, I was going to say the same thing. I was like, so I could just go from me. Like, I would, you would end up, because you don't practice, right? If you didn't practice feeling, like, realizing what was making you anxious or what set you off, you'll think that 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 situation in itself set you off. Like, somebody could have just did something, like, real small. Like, they didn't close a cabinet. And... You don't know, like, so in my situation, I knew it was my ex-husband because he was the only one I was really around to even bother me. But if you don't deal with your anxiety, a lot of times you are going to take it out on your loved ones because they're the ones that you are most close in contact with. So if some of y'all, like my like mom was saying, right, she was saying, like, you go to work, you might, your job might be the like the place that the source of your anxiety you might be getting stressed out and it's constantly bothering you you're worried about getting fired or losing your job you know losing your job or getting promoted or whatever and a lot of times like the person that's closest to you because you're the that's the person that mostly listens to you is the one that you're going to take it out on like it never fails i don't know what it is but it's something that we do often and so that's why it's so important that y'all really become intentional about this about overcoming your anxiety because and that's why we're just kind of giving you some tools to kind of break down how you get there like it don't just happen you don't just wake up and have a panic attack like that's what I used to think oh I'm just having a panic attack like but I'd be so confused like you know why did this start like where did it come from but it was a lot of things that was happening to lead to that experience and it was like straight you know it was stressing me out like so i think that's that's what can happen like i don't think i know that's what can happen that it'll affect those closest to you if you don't deal with it like you you'll just take it out on them because they the, they the closest person in proximity to you and they might not know what they don't might have literally nothing to do with it at all Does that help, Garrison? Hello? Let me try. Oh, you might be having some uh, mic issues. If you click the mic at the bottom, you can unmute. There you can you go. hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wanted that point to be really be made because um, it can turn into bad situations. Um, because sometimes somebody could do something like you said very small and yep. remind you 
and you automatically automatically go off. Yep. And realizing, hey, this is not even the person I'm I'm truly having a problem with. So if I don't ever deal with this anxiety, it can cause really a lot of problems. No, that's that's real because that's what was happening with me. I I started to be like, okay, I would get mad from something someone would say, but then I'd be like, was that you know how long has this been going on? Like, was this like something they, they have they been constantly bothering me, or was this like someone else? that I was really upset with that I didn't even address and now this person is dealing with it because it can ruin and I think a lot of people like I, I know a lot of people we can talk like it has ruined a lot of relationships a lot of family relationships a lot of friendships because people have not learned how to become emotionally aware they haven't figured out how to actually deal with their issues and so they take them out and I and I'm tell you right now, they don't do it on purpose, but they don't know how. They just feel like, oh, you made me mad. No, that person might have did something irritating that triggered you, but they aren't the real source of why you're so angry. Like that's how I, I always knew. Like, wait a minute, if I automatic, if I got angry, because I'm somebody, it takes me a long time to get angry, a very long time. So if I'm angry as somebody it was like 99.9 percent it was them like i'm just talking about me because that's how my anger works i don't like i pretty much let the small stuff go with people but when it's i know it's somebody and they keep bothering me you know they keep picking at me or whatever that i would start to internalize that so some people though they'll they don't they don't do that some people They'll be anxious or they get stressed out because one person doing one thing or something isn't going right in their life. And we see a lot of men do this in relationships, but a lot of women do it too. And they just go off on their spouse and go off on their whatever. And <laughs> it's ugly because the person is like, I don't even know why you're mad. Like, <laughs> and they can't even tell you why they're mad, but they, they yeah. want to deal with, you know, they just take it out on you. Yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, so I wanted to try to get that out because I think it might help married couples or couples, period. Mm-hmm. Or spouses. It's just not a good thing to hold on to anxiety, especially if you have a chance to um, deal with it. I agree. I really agree. Like, it, it's something that, like, we sometimes think that our problems are just our own, but they never are if you have anybody that's close to you. Yeah. Never, never. Like, you have anybody close to you, your problems, a lot of times become their problems. And the worst thing could happen is that you take it out on someone else. I mean, that worrying and bothered, like, being worried, like, really is not going to solve anything. That's why we had to pray because we know that that's a spirit. Like, a lot of you, like, just how I was you weren't even bothered right you wasn't even thinking about it because some people think that anxiety comes from just always thinking about something that can be one thing but for me no it wasn't it was for all not not really um you know not really giving space for my emotions like i wasn't acknowledging 
that's the word. I wasn't acknowledging my emotions. Like I wasn't acknowledging that someone hurt me. And so I was starting to get really worked. Like I start feeling like my anxiety is very physical. So I just start feeling very nervous. Like I have all the symptoms of someone getting nervous. Like, but I'm not in my mind nervous. I'm not worried, but my body is nervous. Like all this. So I would have shortness of breath. I'd have like start getting dizzy, getting headaches. I can't really, like my chest would tighten up. Sweaty palms. Like I had literally all the symptoms and it was not like I was sitting here beating you know I, I didn't really practice having a lot of negative thoughts it was a lot of me like not being emotionally aware i wasn't paying attention to how i really felt about a situation and it just it just came back to bite me every time so it's like we have to stop allowing this to become like some normal you know we can't let this become normal like oh like no this is not good like we have to start being better about how to be, we gotta be more mature, I would say, emotionally. A lot of us are not emotionally mature because we're not taught how to be emotionally immature at all. Like, I know people, we know people, you know, I'll be having talks with you and mom all the time, like, the older I get,